fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Welcome to the Fantasy Fullback Guide, brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal, acting as your lead blocker to fantasy glory, fantasy excellence, all those other things. All your fantasies come true. Um, and here we are. We're, we're deep in the playoffs. We are neck deep in the playoffs. We don't have a game tonight, which is kind of weird. And yet we're still doing the Thursday night football sit-start show, except mine is the football. So let's just call it the Thursday night show. Um, and, you know, the five or six of you that are going to tune in and see us today. This is going to be just for you, folks. So we hope you're having a great holiday season. We hope you had a great Christmas or whatever the hell you celebrate. Um, and uh, thanks for joining us if you're here. I'm your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself. Wolf, how's your break been? Did you get anything good for Christmas? I got a new pair of Uggs, actually. I'm pumped. I haven't had Uggs in a, quite a few years. I, I tore mine to shit because I wore them so much. People can shit on Uggs all they want. But they are the most comfortable piece of footwear I have ever had. So warm. Unbelievable. So I am stoked about that. Uh, we had a great Old Planners live show just a few days ago. Great turnout. The, you know, everything going on. I was like, oh, no one's going to come. All this COVID's popping up, everything. Great turnout. So many friends, you know, family, everybody just coming in. We had a great crew there. So that was a blast. Sadly, it got steamrolled in my semifinals. And, like, I know I might seem a little upbeat from getting steamrolled. But it's one of those situations where, like, they put up 200. There's nothing I could fucking do. I, my team had a solid showing. I had no Kelsey, no Dalvin Cook. And at the end of the day, yeah, it fucking sucks. I wish so bad I was in the finals. And if you're here today, you're probably in the finals or you're Denny Jennings and Mitch Chavez coming to say hi. And we appreciate that, too, just as much. But congratulations, though, to everyone out there. I, I did make one of, of five leagues. I'm in one finals. Probably the least important of the leagues. That's kind of how it goes. But it's been a fun season. It's been a crazy-ass season. I'm so happy to, to hopefully help some of you guys win titles. It's been a solid break, though. Been a little sick the whole time, but uh, on the up and up right now. How about you, Truth? How was your holiday season, man? Uh, it's been pretty good. Pretty low-key, which is what I was looking for, for the most part. Uh, my kids are starting to drive me a little bit crazy. They've been, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, just when they're home on a long break, the first couple days are awesome, and then by day six or so, you're just like completely ready for them to go back to school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that's where I'm at. But anyway, um, it's been a good break, having a good time. Um, my fantasy season, the timing was just terrible. Of course, eliminated from the playoffs. Um, and my lineup would have outscored literally any other team in the league by 55 points. Well, uh, T last week. I know you have and T Higgins because he smashed me into oblivion. T Higgins, Cooper Cup had like a ho hum 22 point game yeah. because you know, whatever. Worst game of the year, right? Right. <laughs> Matt Stafford did nothing. I still would have put up like 170 points. Anyway, I did have the Dolphins defense, which was like, you know, murder. Me too. Yeah. yeah what well, I was, wow, what a bad uh, team the Saints are. Especially Ian with Book. especially yeah. with Ian Book under center, you know. <laughs> Who could have seen that coming, right? I know, seriously. Why it's almost like the the guy literally had never played with those players before. I think the guy, the one thing we can give him credit for is he may have single handedly exp expedited the uh, COVID protocol to so let more people return to the games. Right? They're like, we can't. Or not. Who knows? <laughs> but we, that's going to be part of our big news today. Is tons of people will be returning that we did not think would be returning this week, right. uh, for better or for worse. You know that we can save that for later. But yeah. 
I guess you would just dive right into that. Then. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it right now. I mean, if you're an NBA fan or an NFL fan, obviously you're an NFL fan. If you're here, you can just go down the list of teams and you're going to have on these basketball teams I follow. It's like six guys in COVID protocols on like a 15 man roster um, and maybe even more. And, and NFL, it's like, you know what, 22 guys missing stuff like that. Anyway, this Insane. is nuts. We're well, going to get into that news. Yeah, yeah. Back, we even, we're, we're, I guess we're not rusty. I don't even know what the word would be. We're just kind of like both in no man's land of wandering without titles here. But if you don't mind already giving us that thumbs up, I, probably if you're already here, you already know the deal and you've already hit that thumbs up button. But if you don't already, please consider doing that. It helps us go to more people. It's so appreciated. So thanks again for being here. And we are now. I noticed we're only about like 26 people away from getting to 2000. Oh, I was gonna we're ask so you where we're fucking at. close. I know we're in the last week here, so I don't expect it. I'll be, I'm a little bummed out to be honest, but hey, maybe just maybe this show will get out to more people than we imagine, or you guys can help share it out and grow that wolf pack. We're so close to 2k though, it would be awesome to get to that goal that we set at the beginning of the year that I didn't think we had much of a shot to, and you guys really came strong wolf pack this year. So maybe we'll get there, maybe we won't. I really hope so though. So if you haven't already, consider subscribing, uh, hitting that bell so you know when we're going to be live. We were just talking about getting live at least once a week uh, together this yeah, offseason yeah. just to kind of stay in touch with all you guys and talk about things that we don't normally get the, the free space to talk about. So we'll have a lot of good, interesting uh, chats coming up in the offseason. So if you don't want to miss that, please consider hitting that sub, hitting that bell uh, so we can all stay in touch this offseason. Yeah, we will. I promise. We'll do that. Um, real quick, Giuseppe Russo throwing us five bucks. Wolf Truth, we're in the chips. Let's win these babies. Should I start Daryl Williams? Antonio Gibson or Eli Mitchell at tight end Hunter Henry or uh, that Moreau dude, Foster Moreau, if not Waller half point PPR. Hell yeah, man. Good to see you, Giuseppe. Thank you so much for the support brother. He's been a day one wolf. I know that's true. Uh, So, so for this question, I'm probably going with Daryl Williams. Uh, We got, you know, four games so far this year without, um, I was actually writing about this earlier today and he has over 20 points in two of them. His lowest was eight, which, yeah, that sucks. But, like, still, it's not like a nothing to get eight. And then he had 11 in the other one. So, you know, that's a pretty solid boom rate. Half the time he's been like a potential weak winner. And the other times he's been okay. So I think Daryl Williams in a solid matchup this week, he's got to be locked in the lineup. So that's what I would go over Gibson, who, yeah, he's been falling in the end zone. I don't really trust him much this week. Mitchell does get Atlanta. I mean, uh, Houston, who's given up the most rushing yards on the ground. I, I always say that, most rushing yards on the ground, which makes – no fucking sense. It's, it's inherent in what I'm saying. I know, uh, most, most rushing yards per game is what I meant. More so even than the passing yards through the air they're giving. The passing yards through the air, exactly. <laughs> but uh, Mitchell, that that is obviously a juicy as can be matchup, Giuseppe. So, it, you know, it's tricky because Jeff Wilson's been playing good. I imagine he won't just disappear. We know Shanahan always loves his his committees, even though this year he, he's been much different than we've seen in the past. With these injuries, I can't imagine they have Mitchell come right back to 30 touches a game. We have seen that this year. I think Wilson's been playing good enough lately to let them ease him back in. So to me, Daryl Williams is the best bet for 15 to 20 touches on a good offense, likely to find the end zone. And we've seen the guy like Moss people in the receiving game before. I'm going Daryl. I know you've been a huge Daryl guy all year. Do you feel any differently, Truth? No, I mean, the guy, he's helped me a ton and he he burned me a couple times and I, I would still take him. He only burned you though when Hilaire was back, right? He like he never burned me me when Hilaire was. He burned me when Hilaire was back, and he had had some good games even with Hilaire there. And uh, that, and just to be clear, the game that he burned me and and did nothing in, he got at least two, like one to two yard line carries that he got stuffed on. I mean, he got stuffed on both of them. So I mean, it's, it's not like he didn't have a chance to have a good game. 
you know? Right. So anyway, like that's just how it fell. I would start Williams also. Absolutely. Yeah. All and right. that's the, the tight end question. I'm not going to Moreau. I'm done with that experiment. No, yeah, I know right. Henry's been a bag of shit these last couple of weeks, but he still has been a red zone monster all year. The highest PFF grade on tight ends in the red zone. I think he's second in tight end touchdowns uh, so far this year. So yeah, it, you're going for tight end or touchdown or bust with him, but with Moreau, you're just going for bust or bust. Like there's, right, right. there's no <laughs> the, upside. The, question, the, the real question you have to ask yourself at tight end is, do you want your guy to score any points? And if you do, then you're going Henry. All right. Yes, exactly. Let's, all right. Let's go quarterback news. Um, Lamar Jackson. We're getting more questions than I expected tonight, which I love. So we actually already have more people keep up coming in. We love this before. shit. Like we, we get to keep our fantasy seasons alive through you guys. So keep them coming in. Keep all those questions in. As always, we will hit them all. And we don't have to be, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to sit here and dilly dally, but it's kind of nice. Like we don't have a game that's like, we got to like, if we, if we get off track for a second, we're fucked. If you have a hundred questions, no, we can get to all the questions and just kind of get through this at a, a nice pace too, which I like. All right. We, always time. News. we go fast anyway. So let's go. We're, we're like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, ankle injury. He was absent from the portion of the Ravens practice open to the media. They did activate Tyler Huntley, who, as I said, last show, I consider one of the two best backups in the league along with um, Gardner Minshew. He's off the COVID list. Um, I don't know who's going to start, but I, I either of these guys seems like a good option, honestly. Yeah, it seems like Lamar, given that he was banged up in the practice take they're showing, uh, didn't look solid at all, and then he goes backwards after getting a limited session in. I would be calling him out, and I'd be shocked with the Ravens pretty much out of playoff contention at this point if they don't just shut the guy down for the year. That's probably what they should do. And that brings it up to, to Tyler Huntley, who's been very solid. I know the matchup is not great versus the Rams, one of the more – solid defenses, but they're not great either. Uh, so I do think Tyler Huntley, last time out there, two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, certainly has that Konami upside with 40, 45, and 73 rushing yards across his three starts. The guy's been solid. Now, granted, I think people are kind of freaking out and be like, lock him into your top 10 after what we saw last time. I've seen a couple of people tweeting that. And let's not forget the guy had 12 and 15 in two of his starts. Then he did have 36. So, like, there is upside. There is also significant downside. Against the Rams, I have him right here at quarterback, I think, 15. Yeah, 15. So, like, that acknowledges he has some upside, but I'd rather go to Taysom Hill. I'd rather go to Trey Lance because Jimmy Garoppolo, although not practicing Wednesday or Thursday, was not seen today at practice. He gets Houston, the aforementioned team that gives up the most rushing yards on the ground. Uh, he That's where he does his damage, though. Trey Lance had 25% of his touches uh go for carries. That's crazy. Cam Newton's were 18%. Taysom Hills were 17%. This guy was running the ball in over a fourth of the time he touched it at quarterback. That is insane. That's huge value. We'll talk about him as a Hail Mary yet again. I'll kind of rehash some of these points, but I would love to get Trey Lance in my lineups. He's a top 12 quarterback for me this week. All right. Jimmy G, who you talked about before, he didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. Well, that's, his... that's what I was just doing, Matt. Come on. Well, you said we were a well-oiled machine. You're, we are a well-oiled machine. I thought you didn't you didn't elaborate. I, I mean, I, I didn't think you gave us the full scoop. I wanted to make sure that uh, we were we were drilling at home, but I guess Damn you said it, more than I thought you did. All right, fine. We'll Rusty. talk about Rusty. we'll talk about Taysom Hill, who we already talked about a little bit, right? Uh, he's off the COVID list too, which is sad for all you Ian Book fans out there. Yeah, devastated Ian Book fans all over the place. Taysom Hill, interesting guy to discuss in the fact that he had 25, 26, and then nine fantasy points. Uh, in his three starts, that is a little sketchy. Although Carolina clearly just has quit at this point, so I think you can put him right back into that low end QB one conversation with that upside to get to twenty plus points, given the Konami upset. And yeah. Jared Goff, 
did not practice for the second consecutive day. It seems to me like he's going to be out. Doesn't necessarily matter for most of you guys because who's starting Jared Goff anyways, but it does change the value a little bit for guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, who had a big game with Boyle anyways last week. You don't have to be that concerned heading into this week. DeAndre Swift coming back. You'd obviously prefer Goff being there than big game Boyle, but ultimately it's not the end of the world. Man, what do you think about the line? I mean, I don't know. Part of me is like, oh, good for the Lions win these games. But I mean, it's like, you know, they've managed to play themselves out of like getting like the best draft pick yet again by winning a couple of meaningless games. I don't know what I would do in that situation. Right. Uh, exactly. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who we talked about a little bit when we were talking about Daryl Williams' shoulder issue. He didn't practice on Thursday. That's two in a row. Seems pretty clear he's not going to play, and Daryl Williams is going to be the guy. Yep. As a low end RB1, as we were talking about for you, Giuseppe, the guy that would be my favorite in that. We mentioned DeAndre Swift with the Jared Goff news. He is practicing in full. He gets the Seahawks, who've given him the second most points, two running backs this week. It's kind of, you know, obviously a different position than A.J. Brown, but that's why I tweeted out earlier today. I kind of treat it like this because this guy was a stud all year. And if he's practicing in full, unless we hear otherwise that he's going to get a limited workload or they're just kind of giving him a handful of touches to get him back on the field before the year ends, I imagine if he's practicing in full, we're going to get usual DeAndre Swift. And whether it's Boyle, whether it's Goff, He's right back in my lineups. He's top 12 for me this week. Antonio Gibson moving in the wrong direction. He was limited on Wednesday and he was out on Thursday. It's not a great sign uh, when you're talking about getting someone in. We talked about him a little bit. He was part of Giuseppe's question. Also, um, we've seen Patterson, we've seen Williams get some carries in his absence. And it seems like they're likely going to split the running back duties if Gibson is out, which it seems like he probably will be. Yeah, in which case, I don't really want any of these guys. Should it be the case? Patterson's looked like a slug. Uh, if Gibson plays, I mean, could you consider him? Sure. He had 13-16 running back, 19-9, but then three the week before that. He's really been buoyed by finding the end zone because he hasn't topped uh, 60 total yards in either of those games. So pretty concerning if you're putting him in there in a, a not a great matchup, a good D-line he's facing there. I'd be concerned. Uh, Dalvin Cook was limited in practice Wednesday, but gets upgraded to full. So you should have no concerns now he's off the COVID list. Of course, just in time after my semifinals. Uh, but still, at the end of the day, the one thing I wanted to mention here with him is we've seen a lot of players, look at Tyree Kill last week, come off this COVID list and not be quite in the game shape, having to take we've, more breaks than they're usually accustomed to. We've been to. seeing that across sports ever since this started. Yes. Like people come back and you're like, okay, they're back. And it's like, oh, they're not really I back. think we forget that. Like it's like, we, yes, these guys are superhuman freaks of all athletic nature, but they still are coming back with after having symptoms, after, you know, a lot of them needing to take more rest than they do. So as, as much as I expect Dalvin Cook to probably see his usual 20 to 30 touches, just keep in mind that he might be a little riskier than your usual week of Dalvin Cook. And he's just a little bit below. Normally, he's like a lock number two for me. He's in my top five still, but like just just keep that in mind if he has a little bit of lighter workload this week. James Conner back in practice on Thursday. It's going to come down to the wire as a game time decision. Uh, him playing really screwed me when I got knocked out of the playoffs. And I mean, basically, he's managed to bookend that with a couple of DMPs. Um, so again, the timing terrible for my team. Uh, it seems like it's going to come down to you know game time thing. Hope you're not counting on him too much. Edmonds, obviously, uh, back in the mix. Yep, exactly. And this one actually got updated right as we were going live. That that he did oh, not what, practice. The reporter like got corrected. Oh, and really? I, apparently, he was a. I did. I meant to update this on the sheet right as we were getting live. Uh, they they tweeted out that he actually did okay. not practice today. In which case, Edmonds would be a smash. We saw this last yeah. week. He was the running back six across last week. Saw twenty five touches, ninety two percent of the snaps. So keep that in mind. Whether you have Connor, whether you have Edmonds, you have both. 
you, if you have both, you're probably hoping for Connor to sit so you get a, a nice clear cut. Edmonds is the workhorse. And at this point, you got to imagine they're going to give him more of the work, anyways. So definitely d- discouraging news if you have Connor here coming down your wire. You got to keep track of that for sure because he's still a good yep. bet to find the end zone if he plays. Jordan Howard did return to practice after suffering that stinger during the game. We know Miles Sanders with his hand has been ruled out. Uh, so this point, you know, given how run heavy they are, it seems like Howard would be in line to start with Boston Scott mixing in for another 10 to 12 carries as well. Both of them been played this week. Uh, I guess a bad Washington team that they steamrolled for over 200 yards last time out. Kareem Hunt still sidelined for Thursday's practice. He is off the COVID list. So uh, that's a plus, I guess, but he hasn't even he hasn't played much less practice since he actually got hurt in week 14. Yeah, we probably won't be seeing him. And I actually do think Dearness Johnson is a Hail Mary. He's not even on my list this week, but I have him 15 spots above the ECR because he looks so damn good no, yeah. every time he gets the good ball. Point. And he was act, you know, pretty active, even with Chubb just churning it down their throat. What a fun game to watch on Christmas. Like Chubb is just so, when he's going, man, he is so exciting. Chubb's, uh, Chubb's great to watch. Baker Mayfield is terrible. Awful. I would love to see a real quarterback get there because they have an interesting team. He is just awful. He is just atrocious, yeah. Uh, yeah, four picks on Christmas Day. What an absolute. Hey, I, I said I heard on another podcast somebody said that they, they made the point that uh, Baker Mayfield threw the same number of interceptions on Christmas that Aaron Rodgers has this season. Wow, that's that is insane. What a stat! That's uh, just abysmal. Uh, I think they have their fifth year option coming up with him too. I wonder if they exercise it or not. We'll see. Are you kidding? There's no way they could exercise. I mean, they you got to get off this guy, right? I, I think so too, but the fifth year option is always like a cheaper contract. Like maybe you give him one more year, but no, I, but I mean, but like, you know, that he's been in the league four years now, right. Starting trash. for four years. That That's, that's a long rope, man. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I try. I wouldn't want to No, I, yeah. I, if I'm them, I don't, but we'll, we'll see what they end up doing. Yeah. And then the last running back note we got here is Ramondre Stevenson has been activated from the COVID-19 list does put a little bit of, you know, they're facing the Jags. So I think he's also in play. Obviously, Damian Harris remains in play against the Jags after a three-touchdown effort that I knew very well. He slapped me around with that effort. Um, but you got to think his ceiling, a little bit capped here because him and Ramondre do split pretty down the throat. You know, 55 goes to Harris, 45% goes to Ramondre. Whoever's in ends up capping off the drives. I don't think we'll get another three-touchdown effort from Harris. Maybe you get two if you're lucky. You'll probably get one. That's how I view that situation. All right. Mike Evans, moving on to wide receivers. By the way, if you haven't given us a like, Give us a like. If you haven't given us a subscribe, give us a subscribe. Wolf basically is begging at the beginning of the show. We need, we need 26 more subs. Um, you know, if you have access to someone else's account and you'd love to hop in there and give us a quick sub, we'd sure appreciate it. Anyway, give us a like if you're here. Mike Evans going to wide receivers. Uh, hamstring issues, COVID issues. He did come back to practice on Thursday. Meanwhile, everyone's best friend, Antonio Brown, did not practice on Thursday. He came back for one game. He put up good numbers. I mean, the guy averaged, what, 19 to 20 points a game uh, in like the four games that he played. And he came back and got right around that uh, just kind of quietly in that game. And um, and now he's out again. Maybe, I don't know why, they say ankle. Who knows? I mean, he's so sketchy. <laughs> Always so sketchy. But, man, if he plays, obviously he's locked yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. 15 fucking targets his first game back. And, I mean, yes, everybody else was out. But Evans, but he, he's heavily targeted anyway. Exactly. It seems like Evans is probably going to play, but it, apparently he was looking pretty fatigued. It sounds like COVID did really impact Evans. So maybe they do rest and they get the Jets here. So who knows? And maybe they rest all these guys. And should everybody be out? Should Evans 
and Antonio Brown. We obviously know Godwin's already done. Well, one, Gronk would be just insane target vacuum. But two, you know, who would be the next man up? I don't, maybe Tyler Johnson, maybe uh, Scotty Miller. I don't really know because Antonio Brown was all they had going in the passing game, and that's all they needed. Ten catches, 101 yards last time. I imagine, as you're saying, he's just kind of being sketchy. He'll be fine and play. But ultimately, something you got to keep monitoring for sure. You, how are you feeling about the, the Bucs uh, as an actual football team, not fantasy-wise? You, you concerned? I I mean, I would – I you, you should be, yes. But ultimately, Tom Brady down the stretch, like how many times have we been concerned about Patriots teams – that end up just turning it on when they need it most. Last year's Bucks, no, no one is concerned about them because no one even thought about them as true contenders. And then, bam, they go on a crazy run. Like, yes, uh, they're not trending the right way necessarily, but ultimately, I'm not worried. I still think they're going to be one of the best bets to make it all the way through. All right. That's what are fair. your thoughts? Are you worried? Um, I'm, the injuries are starting to add up, like yeah. in, in a way that is concerning me a little bit. I, I, I don't know. I guess I'll chalk the game up against the Saints uh, as just like a fluke, and they lost everybody they and whatever. Beat the Saints. But, I don't but that, that they can't ever beat the Saints. But that was that, it was so bad. Like I mean, that, Brady just three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, and you're just like, wow, this is garbage. And that yeah. was a little bit concerning. You know that I'm assuming they're going to just pound the shit out of the Jets, but we'll see. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned. I mean, the thing is, that it seems clear to me that the Packers are the best team in the NFC. But I've, I've seen Rodgers come up short, especially against, you know, oh, like yeah. in these situations, just a lot of times. So we'll see what happens. And he will again. Yeah. Uh, the man of the hour last show that we had on Thursday night, A.J. Brown. Thursday night football. Hopefully you all started him last week. We all pretty much every single set start other than against Antonio Brown. Yeah, we, we liked Antonio Brown more, who also had a good game, but nowhere near the game A.J. Brown had. No, no. That was the one time we were wrong on benching A.J. Brown because otherwise we said start him. Antonio Brown was the only guy we said, and he still didn't do that bad for you if you ended up going with him. But yes, thirty over 30 fantasy points last time we saw him. He was out of practice, unfortunately, this week, but it did come out that this was more precautionary than anything. They're expecting him, he's on track, was the quote, to be playing on Sunday. So just expect this guy to go off like he always does. It is the Miami the defense that has been playing as among one of the best units in the NFL right now. I don't think that matters. What we saw on Thursday was what I think they'll do the rest of the year, and that was just force-feeding. A.J. Brown, his first game back, that's how they treated him. I don't think they're going to change that the rest of the year because it worked. Why would they go away from that? Unbelievable effort last time out. I think that's what we're going to see the rest of the stretch here. Chargers activated Mike Williams from the reserve COVID list. I happen to know he's not vaxxed. Um, okay. And I, he's one of the most frustrating players I've ever had on a fantasy team. So uh, who gives a shit? If you have someone, if you have other options, you probably are not trying to start this guy. Yeah, you. it's a tough matchup too with the Broncos. Uh, bottom five matchup for wide receivers. Not a good spot for for Mike Williams anyways. He's been so boom or bust. The volume hasn't been there. Ideally, you don't have to play him, but he's out there. A lot of people dropped him last week. Uh, and a lot of people dropped this guy, Gabriel Davis, as well as Cole Beasley, because they thought they might be done for the year, only for the NFL to rewrite their COVID policies in a, a, a week later. So now with Emmanuel Sanders, also a do not practice this week, and Davis returning, you know he's out there in tons of leagues right now, 23% rostered. If you're watching this, Go pick up Gabe Davis. He's facing Atlanta. He had 25 fantasy points the last time we saw him. He scored three touchdowns in his last two games. I think four in his last three. I mean, the guy has been dynamite lately. So I would be sprinting out there. I know Isaiah McKenzie seemed like he was going to be the shoe-in monster wave wide pickup of the week. But with Beasley and Davis likely back now, uh, those two clearly take precedence over Isaiah McKenzie despite that huge game we just saw.
The Packers designated Randall Cobb to return from the IR. He had core muscle surgery. I don't Oof. fully understand that, but it sounds rough. Horrible, um, yeah. Also activated Marquez Valdez-Scantling from the reserve COVID list. Uh, you know, the Packers wide receivers uh, core minus Devontae Adams, always just kind of like a cobbled together group, and they all really produce when they're in because Rodgers has been that good this year. Yeah. Especially as of late, Rogers has been just on absolute fire. It's if I had to play one of the guys other than Adams, I think I'd lean to MVS. He saw Me 12 too. targets uh, compared to nine for Lazard the last time out. Cobb was also doing some damage in the red zone. But I think the only one I would actually trust would be MVS uh, <laughs> if I actually had to go to a receiver outside of Adams, who is just God himself. Don't you kind of think other than Adams, any of these guys, if you, I mean, we've seen it with Randall Cobb already, but MVS, Lazard, don't you think if you sent them somewhere else, they just would be a nobody? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like you said, Cobb like, went somewhere else for multiple seasons and did nothing anywhere else. And like, he was good. You know, like MBS and Lazard have been pretty crappy, even with Rogers. They only are good when Rogers decides to look their way. Yeah. None of them would do a thing I was, away from him. <laughs> I listened to a, another podcast a couple of days ago and someone made that same point. And then they brought up, they were like, you remember Geronimo Allison? Yeah. And like the other guy was like, no, I, who are you talking about? <laughs> He was like, yeah, people thought he was great. He yeah, like somewhere one, like, else. He got, he got like cut by the Lions like the next year. I mean, even like I, I know it's tough to judge it because it was at the end of his career, but Jordy Nelson went to like the Raiders for a couple seasons and did absolutely nothing. And I know that's the end of his career. I'm sure if he went there in the middle of his career, he'd do okay. But like 17 touchdowns like he was putting up with Rodgers, no way you'd do that with any other quarterback, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, maybe Tom Brady, okay, but yeah. Regardless, Nelson Aguilar has a concussion. He did not participate in practice. I mean, you weren't going to use Aguilar anyways, but maybe this frees up some targets for Myers, for Kendrick Bourne, who are okay streamers given the matchup against the Jags. Jameson Crowder did not practice on Thursday, so if you're trying to load up on that Jets aerial attack, uh, uh, I'll give you pause probably. Yeah, Braxton Berrios, though, has actually had a couple decent games out of the slot. 15 points last week, 8 and 10 the weeks before that. He's been okay. I, I really hope your fantasy title hopes are not reliant on Braxton Berrios. But I had Josh Palmer in my Or Jamison Crowder. Like, you know, something's exactly. Yeah, Jamison Crowder anyways, too. But, you know, hopefully that was not what it's, the case is. But you never know with COVID this year. Like, we're, we're all starting nonsense in our, our flex spots throughout this year. So who knows? Maybe you need Braxton Berrios. At tight end, just two quick notes. Waller is on the COVID reserve list. Seems like he was actually going to come back this week for the first time in months, only to get put on this list. Just a slap in the face to anyone that used their second round pick on Darren Waller. Awful. I had him in, that was my second round pick in three leagues. And second round or third round or fourth round. If you used to pick on him at all in your draft, he was a right. complete and utter one of the worst picks of the draft. And I'm not even going to chalk it up to injury. A lot of people, oh, we got hurt. No, he sucked before he got hurt. He was useless all year. He had one really, be an interesting really one game. to see where he, like, where does he shake out next year? Yeah, he was, was so dominant for two seasons, but like, ugh. Who was, I can't the go wor- who was the worst pick of the fantasy season? He, I mean, he was really bad, but like, this got to be a CMC? I mean, yeah, because first overall, just to get hurt, like, it sucks his injury, so you're like, no, but it was only – but no, he ruined seasons back-to-back years. Saquon's really sucked as a first-rounder. Like, he's oh, been – If you pick Saquon in the first round, that's just – that's criminal. Right. I'm trying I'm – try, there's, there's got to be more of them. Like, who – the bust of the year, like, I, I don't know. How, how, how about, like, Mike Thomas? Like, oh, yeah, I mean, waiting out for him. Jerry Judy sucked. But, like, I'd love to – like, maybe this is a show we do – 
at some point we look at like the 21, 21 big board and we're just like, who was the boneheaded like people we passed up on like Cooper cup going and you know, he should have gone in round one, obviously he should have gone top three, but like who were some of the best like picks that were just disrespected all like here versus who were some of the biggest busts. That'd be a fun show to like yep, I look it. at my big board and just kind of rip me to shreds. That, that'd be fun. Yeah. I'm down. I'm there. We need content. Oh, sure uh, Brian Martinez just posted in the comment section, Alan Robinson. Oh, Alan Robinson is a great one. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. One. Like sec- late second, early third. How about, how about, a, how about DK? DK's got to be up there. Yeah. Because the terrible. thing with like Alan Robinson and CMC, like they, they sucked. No doubt about that. There's no one denying that. CMC didn't suck. He just got hurt. But they were at least out of your lineups. Like DK, people have probably been starting this guy week in and week out. I know I've made it my lower sure. There's plenty of people. Yeah, and he's going to be this week. I've already. He's going to be this week again. But I mean, there's there's legitimately people that were confident he was going to be the best wide receiver in football. Yeah. Sure. And I wasn't far off that. I was like, this. He's easily a top three. You know who else? Truth. Your guy, Calvin Ridley, who you ended up. Oh God. He's got to be on that. And like you you know, obviously the reasons you hope for the best for the guy, but I hope for the best, but he's still that's that's $35 auction money. I'll never see again. Yeah, exactly. So he's, he's up there too. Yeah. If you, if we look at the first couple rounds, there are very few, like actually very good first rounders and second rounders. We should totally do, do a show like with superlatives, good and bad, because like people are, people want to engage and talk about that stuff. Maybe more so than than what we usually do. We'll do, right. we'll do some awards. We'll do an early 2022. We'll make Nut a set of the year. Yeah. 2021 yeah, Nutcracker. Like what's that? 2021 Nutcracker team. All Nutcrackers. Oh, yeah. We got to get our Nutcrackers out there. No all doubt right. about it. Uh, all right. Future Real Nutcracker. Quick. I'm telling you, this guy's going to be a future stud. And he's back this week. Pat Fryermuth. Concussion. Right. Practicing in full. Touchdown machine so far this year. Big Ben's last game at home coming up. Uh, definitely to keep it out. Your eyes peeled. I think he's got to be right back in the top 15 or so. About 12 tight ends, really. Tight end one coming into this week. And then just – I had a couple of miscellaneous notes. Yeah, miscellaneous stuff. We got we got Andrew Whitworth coming off uh, the COVID list. He's an offensive lineman for the Rams, uh, for whatever that's worth. Uh, even without him, uh, Stafford didn't really get shaken up too much his last game, but he was still terrible. Yeah. Um, Stefan Gilmore, groin injury, is expected to miss week 17 against the Saints. And in big, big news – um, ex Eagles coach Doug Peterson will be interviewing for the Jaguars head coaching job, so that will be the end of Doug Peterson's career. Yeah, right, exactly. Where careers go to die, Doug Peterson. Man, I, I'd be excited to see what he does if he returns to the NFL, though. Uh, you know, obviously, he sucked his last year out, but he had a couple really good seasons. I think it was a killer coaching staff. Like he had Frank Reich, and like I think Reich was really the best coach on that staff. Look what he's doing with the Colts right now. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what Doug, Dougie P does if he gets a, a shake back. Look at this truth. We got over 50 questions already tonight. That's uh, we were sitting here like, who's going to show well, up? Who's going to even have questions? But here we are. So well, a lot of people are engaging on us arguing about who's the best, the biggest bust, which I, love. I like that. Um, yeah. Keep, keep, keep the names coming in. Who's the biggest bust. We'll definitely have a show that, like where we go to over biggest bust, best pick, you know, waiver wire pickup. We'll, we'll head I mean, up. Can, can we agree? Can we agree? The best pick of the draft is Cooper cup. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, MVP is clearly Cooper Cup. We'll probably have to just do, like, who was the second best pick? Because there's no probably, argument. Probably like, Jonathan like, Taylor. Right, yeah, that's true. Because he, he often fell to, like, mid-second, which is just insane in hindsight, like, how good he's been. And ended but, up being, you know, granted, Henry got injured. But in the absence of Derrick Henry, I mean, he has, he has like, 50% more rushing yards than Joe Mixon, who's second. Man, I remember there was a – 
there was a time this offseason where like Quentin Nelson got hurt, Carson Wentz got hurt, and like people were like, so, I forget who it was. Somebody tweeted out like, I was fading Jonathan Taylor before it was cool to do. It's like, what a fucking asshole you look like. <laughs> I that. know. Seriously. I forget who it was. I'd love to dig that one up. That was a really bad tweet. I, I should just look that up. It was like something like I was fading him before it was cool. Good brag, man. Like, yeah, good for you. Well, do you remember? Do you remember? Let's let's get in the wayback machine and go back to week two. You remember uh, going into the second half of week two? We were both like, "Yeah, Derrick Henry's done. Like he sucks." Yeah. And then he, and then like, he had three touchdowns. up like a thousand yards in like the next three games or something. Well, even in that second half of that game, he had oh, in the second half points. of that game. He had like one of the best halves of rushing I've ever seen in my life. And we were both basically like ready to write him off. Oh man. What a weird And he year. might be back for the playoffs, dude. Look out I, for the yeah. Titans. If that guy's back in his, I mean, if he's Derrick Henry and they come back, I mean, they've managed to do pretty well, even without him, which Brable's is just a great coach. Not, I love Brable's that, a really, really good coach. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, let's get into the higher lower hail mary give us a like if you haven't give us a subscription uh through your account or somebody else's some of these bots that are giving us weird uh little posts on uh on the message board at least give us a sub yeah come on bots come on give russian bots us. subscribe subscribe um, bots. all right quarterbacks guy you're higher on joe burrow who i've loved all year honestly going against kc your qba only two spots higher than the experts guy through for 525 yards um in a game, I did some research on this. I think 24 times in the history of the NFL, has 500 yard, someone's had a 500 yard game. One of them's like way back in the day, like some old school guy that I hadn't even heard of. You know who has the second most passing yards ever in an NFL game? Uh, is it like, and he's actually on the list twice. He's gone over 500, I think two times. Is, is it, would it be I like my, be my era? Would I be able to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've heard of this guy. Definitely. Over 500 twice? It's not Manning, is it? Don't quote me on the twice, but definitely he has the second highest. uh, Is it Peyton Manning? No, his name's Matt Schaub. No shit, really? Yes. What the hell? He did have that insane year when he led the NFL in passing with the Texans. I think Kubiak was their coach then. Wow. The guy's thrown, he threw for like 540 yards. Well, the last time he started, it was a backup for the Falcons, but he got, he got a start and he ended up throwing over 400 in that game. Like the guy guy, churned out yards. It's crazy. Matt Schaub. He's the guy. No, uh, Roethlisberger's done it like three times. Breeze has done it a couple of times. Anyway. um, And now Joe Burrow, 525 and four touchdowns in that game. Um, looked like Dak Prescott might have a game like that, but he had 322 yards in the first half, four touchdowns, and then I think he had eight yards in the second half. So probably really pissed off some fantasy owners. But anyway, I digress. Burrow, you love him. What's not to love? Exactly, and that's why I'm surprised I'm even higher on the guy, given that he's got Kansas City, you know, six most points allowed to QBs. Yes, they've been better on defense, certainly these last few games. But this game has all that feelings of like a, a pre-playoff type of matchup where both teams know – they could run into this team, and they, they were going to give each other the best. Uh, so I, I love this matchup. I think they're going to go back and forth, and this is going to be one of the games of the week. I think Burrow, as you mentioned, five, you kind of stole my thunder there, 525 yards, like insanity, the most we've seen from a quarterback this year, probably in the last five years, if I, I'm not mistaken. Uh, the guy was a beast, and he's just really clicking with his weapons. I, I was wondering that, like where, if you could start an NFL franchise, like where would Joe Burrow, how many quarterbacks would you have ahead of Joe Burrow, I guess would be the question, like Mahomes, I know he's kind of had his ups and downs, but you'd have Mahomes above him. I, I would at least. I don't know. About I would you. probably have Mahomes above him, and I'm having a hard time definitively thinking of anyone else that I would definitely rather have. Like maybe Herbert, but I don't know. That no, Herbert's I'd rather have Burrow. You'd rather have Burrow, right? Like yeah. uh, Josh Allen? 
Maybe I'd probably, probably rather have. Borrow. I'd probably rather have. What about like Kyler? I mean, Ky- exactly because like Kyler I, and Allen, like I like what they do fantasy wise, but Burrow's so he's like, so accurate though. Yeah, exactly. I and love just Burrow. he's got balls like the way the moxie plays with the fact that he came out and was like, yeah, what about that gold jacket? You know how the Ravens D coordinator made that comment? What an asshole! Uh, Burrow comes out and scorches. Did you hear the whole story about how yeah. they were like, you know, yeah. don't give him the gold jacket yet, right? And right, like, well, right, right. What do you think now? It reminded me of when uh, Fitzmagic came out and he had all those gold chains on and the sunglasses and talked about being humble. The best. Yeah, Yeah. loved it. It It's awesome. But yeah, it's just real life-wise, fantasy-wise, Burrow's been a beast. And I'm clearly higher on him because I think this game will shoot out. I think Burrow will be a huge part of that. Um, So big on Burrow at home against the Chiefs, getting ready for the playoffs. This is is where he's going to really show himself. All right. Lower, Russell Wilson. And why not? Going against Detroit, you got him as your QB 13, two below the experts. Not a huge discrepancy again. But, I mean, it's, it's – look, we, you and me kind of argued about this last week or the week before. You were saying you thought he was, like, looking better, and I did not agree. I mean, I don't know I don't know if you've softened on that or what, but, I mean, I just think the guy looks pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He hasn't really <laughs> looked good. Uh, quarterback 15-9, and 15 over his last few, so – where I have him might even be a little too high at this point. Detroit's been sneakily like they're a bad defense. I'm not going to try to say anything other than that. They've weirdly been the 20th in terms of points allowed to quarterbacks. So a bottom half matchup, according to the actual points against number, I think that's a lot more to do because their run D is so bad. They just pound things out. But what gets Pete Carroll hornier than running it 50 fucking times a game? So I imagine as long as they can, and they sure can against Detroit, just handing the ball off and off and off again. I think we're going to have a big Rashad Penny day. We'll talk about my running back hires. I think it's going to adversely impact, uh, you know, Russell Wilson. Could he throw two bombs to fucking Tyler Lockett and have him go for 60 yards and, and both of them and just have a monster day? Sure. We could see a couple moonshots. This defense is that bad. But ultimately, I just think this is a game that they'll control through the ground and Russell Wilson will have a whole hum day. Give me the upside of Trey Lance instead. Give me something like that. I think Pete Carroll is going to lose his job. I deserves uh, to a hundred percent. Yeah. And you know, something about Pete Carroll, the guy's one of, uh, I think three coaches to have won a college title and a super bowl. He is so close to have wanting to have won two of each. I yeah. mean, like he should have came as close as you can win to winning, uh, against the Vince young Texas team with USC and about as close as you could possibly come to beating the Patriots in that super bowl with Seattle. And the guy could have two of each. Uh, but anyway, I digress. He's on the way out. Trey Lance, we've talked about him. He's 20% rostered. He's going against Houston. Jimmy G, confident he can play through these ligament issues. I'm so adamant about that. I almost told the that news clip twice uh, after the Wolves said it. Uh, but anyway, Trey Lance, of course, is a must-watch in this situation. If he plays, if San Francisco is, you know, kind of going to be eliminated or whatever, anyway, I say roll the guy out and see what he can do. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like Jimmy G will be uh, too hurt to play. At this point, you know, all the talk of the the beat writers, of Kyle Shanahan, of all the players, is Trey Lance looks even better than he looked in camp when he was getting the hype storm of all hype storms. They're saying so, he's like, doing that every day in camp, but now it's controlled. Like, it's it, he's he's got command. He's got poise. He's just dominating, like, at, at practice right now in a way that he has not, and he's been doing it consistently. That was the thing with him is, like, he'd make these highlights play, and that's what we would see, and we'd all hype him up like an insanity, insane amount. But now he's just doing that on the regular, and there's no real mistakes happening in practice. 
uh, at least not to the level that they were before. So we got this like boil, this talent that's finally kind of coming into his own. Now he gets the the Houston Texans. I mean, what a team to come out to and and kind of start really getting your legs under you, specifically the legs, given that they've given up the most rushing yards on the, on the ground. I almost did it again, but a uh, hundred yards, uh, one hundred twenty five yards surrendered to running backs. But Trey Lance was used like a running back. I think the guy who was just uh, almost a top 12 quarterback his last time out there just barely missed a goal line plunge. I think this is where we see him rocket up into the top 12, maybe even the top five this week. I love the play. He's only 4,800 on DraftKings too. I would be starting him. Uh, I, and I'm also picking him up. Like I'm facing in the third place game, a guy that starts Lamar Jackson. I'm picking Trey Lance up so he doesn't have a chance to use him, but he's only 20% rostered. Block your opponent if they might need a quarterback because I really think Trey Lance's upside is enormous this week. Um, also, just as an aside on that 500-yard club thing I was telling you about, the number one on that list, also the first guy ever to do it. This happened in 1951. Norm Van Brocklin threw for Ooh. 554 yards, playing for the Rams, defeating the New York Yanks. <laughs> the New York Yanks, the football team? Yes, that's who he defeated. Uh, evident, don't know much about the Yanks, but it sounds like they did not have a great defensive back. <laughs> yeah. uh, as, as Van Brocklin just surgically shredded him yeah. 554 yards and that was when the football was like throwing a shot put kind of that's impressive so, I, I, would, job, I, I wish it was like highlight tape of that that'd be I great know, maybe there is i don't know we'll we'll see how deep the youtube thing goes um let's get into running backs ronald jones going against the jets what's not to love you like him as your rb5 three spots above the experts also rashad penny uh who legit looks really good playing against the lions <laughs> running back 13 or 14 for you three above the experts also, Singletary, I cringe a little bit at that one, but I do understand they're going against Atlanta, and he does get an extremely uh, good run share as far as, like, handoffs out of the backfield that he's getting. You like him at 17, four above the experts, and also, if he's playing DeAndre Swift, you like him as well, running back 13. Absolutely. You know, you got Ronald Jones coming off 22 touches, nearly all the running back snaps. You know, Keyshawn Vaughn did have that long touchdown run, looked really solid, and actually I like him as a Hail Mary, as we'll talk about later. But if we're getting 20 carries against the Jets and a handful of catches for Ronald Jones, he was the running back 12 this last week. There's no way he doesn't finish inside the top five running backs, in my opinion, should he get that similar work. And the only reason I think most people know to shoot him into your lineups as the league winning wave of wire pickup this year, but I'm still getting a lot of sit starts on him. This guy's as lock as lock gets. Like I have him above Joe Mixon at this point, not because he's that great of a talent, because he has that great of a matchup. Uh, and he is a solid, like he's, he's not a bad player. So you give him 22 touches against the Jets, he's going to put up 20-plus points. I, I would write that one in uh, you know, nearly in, in Sharpie at this point. I think he's going to smash. I also think Rashad Benny, though, given that I was lower on Russell Wilson, is because this guy has been feasting, and I think he will continue to do so. He had you know 26 points three weeks ago, was running back three. Did have that dud against the Rams where he got hurt. DJ Dallas comes in, gets the touchdown, he goes back in the game, but ultimately finishes the, the running back 41 with only five points. But he had 20 points last week. And half PPR leagues, he's gone over 130 rush yards in two of his last three games, and now he gets the easiest matchup he has had yet this year with the Lions. He is going to smash this team. He's having himself a great stretch run, and he is also a an unrestricted free agent, so you know he's trying to ball out and get that contract. So I love Rashad Penny. I love the matchup. I love the production. The only risk is the fact that we've seen this guy get hurt in the first play, and then you never see him again. Yes, that risk exists with him. But Devin Singletary, I know I, it doesn't feel good recommending him either. I know, I know right? it makes you just feel kind of dirty, right? Very dirty. But the fact of the matter is he's played over 80% of snaps in three straight weeks. 
He is one of only six running backs who has seen 75% or more of his backfield's touches the last month, which is pretty, the company he's with, Najee Harris, Sony Michelle, David Montgomery, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, and Joe Mixon. For the most part, that's pretty elite company. I mean, Sony Michelle, 91% insanity as well. But yeah, that's that's been how it's all finished. The guy's also been the running back 16, 6, and 11 across his last three weeks as well in this mounted workload. And that was against Tampa Bay, Carolina, and New England, who are all bottom five, quote-unquote, matchups on the, uh, the, the points against metric. So now you get Atlanta, who's certainly top five in that metric. I really think he could have himself a really big day. And then DeAndre Smith, another guy, I just keep getting questions about. Like I said at the top of the show, if he is in, I treat it like, you know, A.J. Brown last week. It's a stud and a good matchup. I can't bench that even with Boyle at quarterback unless we get reports that he's going to be limited and not see a full workload. The fact he's practicing in full, though, they're gearing up to put him out there. They have nothing to play for. But at this point, I think, you know, Campbell, he rides. Last time Campbell had Swift out there, he rode for 30 touches. I don't know if they'll get 30, but 20-ish is definitely in play. And Seattle giving up the second most points to backs would be a great spot for the guy. I was just looking at my notes as, as you were saying your piece and my, the notes I had it brought up to the top of the screen, they kept going down. I was like, what's going on? And then I realized you were making the stat box bigger because you're blind. I'm very blind. Yes. I mean, exactly. <laughs> that is exactly what was happening. Right. Uh, running backs that were lower on Najee Harris going against Cleveland. You got him at 12. The experts like him at nine Damian Harris against the Jags. Uh, you like him at 17. The experts actually like him all the way up at 11. Josh Jacobs, Going against Indy, RB27 below the experts for you on that. I know this doesn't have anything to do with his running, but I have seen the story a couple times in the last week or two that Josh Jacobs has nine kids. Does he? I I, I believe I saw – if this is just rumor, then I apologize, but I've seen it a couple places now. Josh Jacobs is 23 years old, and I've heard more than once now from multiple sources that he has nine kids by eight women. That is wild. <laughs> Again, Where you learn like, your lesson. Like, you think well, it can I, form? I don't you know. Might, and like, I, I hope it's not true, but I mean, I've seen it a couple places. And so now that's all I can think about when I see him uh, carrying the football or doing anything. I'm just like, wow. Like, that guy is prolific. Anyway, that has nothing to do with football, kids, yeah. but I thought you'd be interested to hear that. That's extremely interesting. My God. Like, the question is uh, decision-making hitting the hole sometimes, but now I really question decision-making hitting the hole at this point. My God. Uh, One Rock has just commented, yes, it's true. Josh Jacobs has nine kids. So thank wow. you. Wow. I did not know that. I don't know how this one, I, that one escaped me. That is some insanity right there. Well, good luck to, to him and his life after football. Hopefully he saves up enough money. My God. Whew. Yeah. Poor decision-making indeed. Sorry, uh, sorry I uh, derailed the pot, the, uh, broadcast like that no no that's i mean that's exciting that's like very interesting to for me to know uh I, i'm happy you told me i, I would have had no idea there this uh, is the but, type but, of stuff we can get into when there's not a football game that's coming exactly. on in like 20 minutes right that's what i'm talking about that's what i love and good to see you one rock i'm glad one rock is here uh commenting on it so we'll start with jacobs then who's facing the, the cults who are much the definition of a pass funnel and they've given up the second or third most i, I forget i should have had this written down uh passing touchdowns in the league but they've given up, I think, only two to three, very low in terms of rushing touchdowns per game. They're giving up only the six most points to running backs, so a tough matchup in that sense. And Jacobs himself has not been very good, even though he's supposed to be in that feature workload with no Kenyon Drake. 11, 11, and 8 in his last three games in half PPR leagues. The running back 33, 17, and 22.
but he's ranked as the running back 13 this week in a very tough matchup. That one doesn't make much sense to me. I, I, I think 11 is like his ceiling, it seems like, at this point. Maybe he's just not getting sleep with all these kids. Who knows? Uh, Damien Harris is tougher to be low on, uh, given as Jacksonville. Like, could he steamroll for three touchdowns again? Absolutely. But the last time, I keep reemphasizing this point, when we have all three of these backs healthy, it was 55% of the carries went to Harris, 45% went to Ramondre, and 18% of the targets went to Bolden. It was a dreaded three-headed nightmare. Against the Jags, there should be more than enough time to bleed out that clock, run the ball. He's probably going to have 80 yards and a touchdown. If he has two, then he ends up making me look like a fool. But ultimately, I, I'm playing, you know, if I have Her- Her- Damian, I'm, I'm probably putting him in my lineup. But he's getting ranked as like after three touchdowns, like he's probably going to do that again. I just kind of want to caution people that Ramondre is far more active than what a, a running back 12 should have nipping at his heels. When you look at the top 12, it's almost exclusively those 90, like 70% or more of a workload guy. That's why I have Singletary, who's probably going to see 80% of the touches in a good matchup against Atlanta. I'd rather have that than 55% of the touches in a good matchup against the Jags is kind of my logic with having him a little bit lower. Uh, And then last but not least is Najee Harris, who has one game inside the top 12 running backs across his last five. He has five, 13, 24 fantasy points, four and 14. So two huge duds. And then a few just mediocres and then 24, which is like a weak winner. So could he have a good game against Cleveland? Of course he could. Big Ben's, you know, farewell tour though. I think they're going to come out and they're just going to let Big Ben throw as much as he can, as much as he wants in his last potential game at Heinz Field. Now, could that go to Najee? Of course, he's one of the best receiving backs in the game right now. But, you know, when I'm getting like Ronald Jones versus Najee, I've gotten like Zeke Elliott versus Najee. I just, the, the recent production, I have him just a little bit below those guys in my opinion. Ward just threw us 10 bucks. Says, start one in the flex. Connor. Ward, thank Os- you so much for the yeah, support. I know, right? Let's get to it. Connor, Osborne, Pollard, Ayuk, Claypool, or however the hell you pronounce that. Um, also, he wants to know do you start uh, Hertz, Hill, or Lance? Full PPR. I would go. Hmm. He asked me this one, and this is back to back shows supporting us, Ward. Now that we know more about Connor, and that if he plays, it's going to be a pretty banged up Connor. I'm starting to lean to Osborne. I really like Osborne. We're going to cover him. You know, I guess we can go, kind of go through one of my Hail Marys at wide receiver then at this point. When he's seen seven plus targets, five of those games, he's been a top 20 receiver. He's scored in five of those games. They've seen seven plus targets. And now he has no Adam Thielen against Green Bay. The last time they, they all were playing there, Adam Thielen had 100 yards and a touchdown. Jefferson had 169 and two touchdowns. So Kirk Cousins got it done. They needed to chuck the rock. I imagine that's going to be the same type of script we get this time, but no Adam Thielen. We get Osborne walking right in. He'll, I guarantee, seven-plus targets, in which case, again, top 20 in five of those seven games. I imagine we get another F that. Compared to the rest of these guys, I think I like Osborne or Ayuk. Uh, what do you think is truth? Oh, geez. Probably Ayuk. <coughs> I can't believe I'm saying that. You said Ayuk? I think so, maybe. I don't know. Oh, man. Uh, it, it, I get it. I just worry about Lance. I, 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 like I, I don't feel strongly about it. I'm not going to. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. what. I, 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 I would. Man, I'm glad I don't have to make that decision, Ward. <laughs> yeah. It, they're all so similarly ranked for me. I, I think today, I, I, sur- I don't like. I'll tell you this. I don't like. I'll, I'll go on a ballet. You know, we're going to talk about running back Hail Marys in a second. I wanted to point out that he is not one that I'm interested in. You know, 15 and a half underdogs to the Pats. 
Could that work in his favor as a pass catcher? Maybe. Maybe he catches seven or eight balls. But against the Jets, he saw 17 touches, and he only turned that into 55 yards and a touchdown. Like, that's, yes, it's okay, bottom line. He's not going to do that against the Patriots. If he, That's all he could do against the Jets, the worst run D. So I'm not into him. Pollard, I, I don't like a committee back at this point. Um, so, like, it, it comes down to Osborne or Ayuk to me, really. I, I don't trust Connor at this point with his health. Unless we get a report that he's back in full and like normal role. If that's the case, then you go Connor. But I don't expect that at this point. So it comes down to Osborne or Ayuk to me. So then I go to the quarterback and like, yeah, I don't love Cousins, but I don't want to trust Trey Lance. I want to trust Trey Lance like at quarterback because he's going to run all over the field. I don't no, want to trust him, right. his pass catching weapons. So I go to Osborne, as crazy as it is. I think most people probably have him last on this list. I think he's my first award. That's, that's where I'm leaning. Let us know where you're leaning. Uh, my man. And then for your quarterback question, it's got to be Hurts. Like, right, these are all Konami yep. upside. Go with the guy that's just been dominant all year. He's really had one bad game, Jalen Hurts. He has more top 12 games than any quarterback in fantasy, even though he missed multiple weeks. Like, he's just yep. been rock solid. I, I couldn't go to a lesser Konami version for the guy that's been defining Konami upside this year. So I'm going Jalen Hurts there. I, and I love Trey Lance, too. Do you feel any differently there? No, I agree with you completely. For the same yeah. reasons. All right. mean, last Hale. time he faced Washington, he had like 29 points like just two yeah. weeks ago against them, right? Like yeah. he's – exactly. Yeah, so so that's the easier one. You got to go Jalen Hurts. I go Osborne, though, Ward. Thank you so much for the support, though. Much appreciated. Hail Mary, Eagles running backs, uh, Howard and Scott, 23%, 27% respectively. Deshaun Vaughn going at the Jets, 3% rostered. Not a bad move. What do you think? Yeah, and the not Dario is what we were talking about there. Uh, Eagles running backs, I think we talked about this in the injury section. Last time out there, yes, Sanders was a huge part of this. The team ran for over 200 yards against Washington just a couple weeks ago. This offensive line is beastly, and now they're getting Lane Johnson back. Like They're run blocking to help. They're just demolishing teams. And So I really think whoever it is, whoever's getting the carries, and we know how run-heavy they want to be, I pencil in Howard for 18 and Scott for 12. And I think both of them, that's enough for them to do damage on. So I like both of them in a plus matchup. If you're desperate for a running back, I think that is the first place I'd go. But if they're gone and you just need somebody to throw shit against the wall, Keyshawn Vaughn had a nice like 50-yard touchdown. I don't know exactly know how long it was. I think he only had like two carries. Hold on. Let me quickly pull up Vaughn's name, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn at the Jets. So he had seven carries, but one of them was like a 40-yard touchdown. He ended up with 70 yards and a touchdown. It was the running back 18 last week. I think this is one of those things if they, they get up big early on the Jets, they're going to want to rest their main guys. And they'll, I could see him getting 12 to 15 carries against the Jets and ultimately putting up another 70 to 80 yards and a touchdown maybe. And if he rips one of those big ones, that he looks really explosive on that one run. Um, so I, I like Keyshawn Vaughn as a desperation dart throw. I like him as a cheap punt play on DFS as well. Uh, intriguing guy for sure. All right, must watches. We talked about DeAndre Swift. Obviously, if Eli Mitchell comes back, that's a must-watch. Cordell Patterson, is he just going to be an early-down grinder? <laughs> that's – I'm interested to – I've been thinking about next year's draft. It's like – I don't. he's he's one of the guys I'm going to have a really, really hard time kind of putting a price tag on, you know? Also, um, Arizona's backfield after the Edmonds blow-up. Yeah, right? all of those. And the, and the thing with Patterson, too, one, he's going to be a free agent next year, which only makes it, like, cloudier – what, where he's going to go, what his role is going to be. Right. I, but why have they stopped using it? He was such a, a I don't playmaker know, I don't all know. year. I don't, I don't get it. The guy was catching – you come to red zone, you'd see him streaking down the field and catching an 80-yard bomb. Like, why is that not happening? I, it makes no sense to me. What, a, what an absolute waste 
of what this guy was doing at his best when they were actually putting points up on the board. I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. Um, yeah. Well, how do the, I feel how like the there's Cardinals so many in- examples in the NFL where you see a coach inexplicably, at least inexplicably to me, stop doing something that's working really well. And you're why? like, well, why the hell did you do that? Somebody, I heard somebody make a point the other day. They're talking about how teams will like run teams where like running the ball is what you do extremely well. They'll just abandon the run if they get down like two touchdowns or something. It's like, why? You're a running team. Like run the ball. So I don't understand it. It's probably on Christmas day, right? With Chubb, like they, all they needed was a field goal. And Chubb, every time they were handing it to him was 10 yards a pop. Even on the two minute drill, they were giving it to him. They had three timeouts. Like, I, I right. get it. I guess eventually you have to take to the yeah, air. At, at some point. point, you have I to. Yes. But like, yeah, at some point. All they needed but, was a field goal. They, they could have given it to him two or three more times. They probably yeah. would have been in field goal range. Yeah. Baker goes and right. turns it over. I mean, I've like, seen teams abandon it like early third quarter or something. And right. On a couple of scores. It's like, but you're a running team. Anyway. Yeah. Let's move on to wide receivers. We were like, oh, just because there's not a game, it doesn't mean we're going to like ramble and be like, it's past eight o'clock. Yeah, here we are. Still not even done. Wide receivers, Brandon Cooks, you're higher. Uh, He's going against the 49ers. You like him at 17. Experts only like him at 25. Also, OBJ, Baltimore, you like him at 19, two above the experts. Probably shouldn't even made the list. That's not a big enough difference. I know, but there's really not a ton that I'm crazy different on this week. One of them, though, is Cooks. Well, then just said, give Plus one eight. then, Wolf. Just give one pick then. Well, it's Brandon Cooks then. I did want to highlight OBJ, right, though. Brandon Cooks. Because I do think he's a, a sit start. But Brandon Cooks, I do keep getting questions on. Let me remind you, last time out, two touchdowns, 100 yards, seven catches, 26 points was the wide receiver three. Whenever Davis Mills has played, 11, 7, 14, 13 targets, 11, 10 wow. in his last two. Like, the guy just becomes a 30% target share monster. He is at risk with you coming off the COVID list. Does he have his wind under him? Is he going to be able to play a full smattering of snaps? Maybe, but he gets San Fran, who we just saw get demolished by A.J. Brown. I'm not suggesting that Brandon Cooks is anywhere close to A.J. Brown level of talent, but he will get peppered. He's going to see 10-plus looks from Davis Mills, who I do. We talked about this the other day. He looks good. Like, Davis Mills, I think you hate yeah. on the guy. I think no, Davis I said, I said his – um whatever rating was like next to last in the NFL or whatever. But I mean, he's, he's looked pretty good the last couple of weeks. I have to admit of all the rookie quarterbacks, like he might be other. I think Matt Jones is clearly obviously his past fan looks the best, but like Davis Mills has shown more than really anybody else. Uh, like I get trailers hasn't got his shot, but Trevor Lawrence looks like shit. And I want to see what he does without Urban Meyer. There. Justin Fields looks like shit. He looks like shit too. I want to see what he does without Nagy there. So I'm not like saying Davis Mills is going to have the best career of these guys, but in terms of what we've no, seen this looked, year. He's better than I thought he would be. He's been more promising than anybody other than Matt Jones, in my opinion. But I, I'm not saying I'd start a franchise with him over any of the other ones, just in terms of what we've seen this year. But as all that says, Brandon Cooks has a, a solid quarterback that loves to hum to him. And that's all that matters to me. Odell Beckham, I just want to re-emphasize this point. We talked about it when they were facing the Packers a couple of weeks ago. Baltimore is giving up the most 20-plus yard receptions and the most 40-plus yard receptions. So for both Odell Beckham, for Van Jefferson, guys that love getting deep, and of course, Cooper Cup, who can just get go any level of the field. I think Matt Stafford is going to put on a show. I think Odell Beckham's going to get at least one of those huge deep bombs that we haven't seen in a couple of weeks from him. So I, I just think he, a lot of questions coming on him. I, I want him in my lineup, no doubt about it. Anthony threw us five bucks and he just said, thanks for all the hard work this year, RSJ. Uh, anytime, man. That's super nice of you. And uh, 
thanks for being here and thanks for the support. Thanks for the support, fella. Are you in the title, my man? Like, it's always him and Austin, my, my two boys over there, two Wolfpack legends. They end up always facing off in the uh, the, the Super Bowl. So I hope that's you guys in the, the playoffs this time, man. But thanks so much for the support. We really appreciate it. Lower, DK Metcalf. You like him at 29. The experts like him all the way up at 18 for some reason. Amon Ross, St. Brown. You like him at 20. The experts like him at 16. Devontae Parker against Tennessee. You like him at 38. The experts like him at 30. Yeah, so talking about DK first, the, the biggest discrepancy here. Who can again, every week is ranked within the top 20. He had his best week in eight weeks, and it was 11 points. The wide receiver at 31 was the best output he has had. Four, five, two, nine, six, eight, and 11 are his last eight contests. Uh, yes, Detroit, okay, he should go deep. He should crush them. Chicago was giving up more points to wide receivers than them. You know, the Rams... The Houston Texans, six points. San Fran, who we just saw get smashed, as we talked about, by A.J. Brown, nine points. Washington, the third most points allowed to receivers, two points. Like, the guy has had good matchups, and he has not gotten it done. There's nothing, There's no other excuses. He's on my bench. I keep getting, can you really bench TK? I've been saying bench yeah, the guy for five, two great weeks. And yes, absolutely you can. The one that's tougher for me is honestly Haman Ross A. Brown, which is crazy that's Easier for me to bench DK Metcalf than whoever this random rookie is on the, the Lions. The guy has a 20, 11, 20, and 22. He's been, in terms of the last four weeks, he's the wide receiver three in fantasy. He's been a monster. So benching him is a significant risk. Seattle is a very good pass defense, at least against receivers. They're not that good, but they've been pretty solid against wide receivers. He's got Tim Boyle at quarterback. All their other receivers are dinged up, so that makes me a little nervous to this play. But I just... I'm just so nervous that he's gotten so hot. Again, six, seven, and seven. Three top seven finishes in his last four games. That's really hard to bench. So I guess I'm just a little more skeptical than any of the ECRs of Tim Boyle because everyone's just shooing him in for a monster game. It came against Atlanta. Seattle's a much better secondary. So I'm just kind of cautioning a little bit more. Like He's not the lock to lineups. I think a lot of people are making him out to be, in my opinion. I know Devontae Parker. He had zero last time out there. I get Tennessee's an easier matchup, but... I will not go back to that well. Uh, and people ask me questions on him, and he's the immediate no. No way. Hail Marys, we talked about K.J. Osborne already. He's only 41% rostered going against Packers. We also talked about Gabe Davis, 23 rostered against Atlanta, which is definitely significant. The one guy we have not talked about, really, and you say this is your true dart throw, 3% rostered, Byron Pringle going against the Bengals. Yeah, exactly. I do want to just reemphasize, like, we talked about Osborne. He's probably not out there. But, again, that's who I'd go for you, Ward-Willis. Uh Five, seven games over top 20 wide receiver. Three of those games inside the top 10. Like, keep that in mind. Gabriel Davis, too. Four touchdowns in his last three games. Just to reemphasize for anyone that's had didn't catch the early part of the show. Only 23% rostered. Like, whether you are using him or whether you're blocking your opponent against Atlanta, I would not want to see Gabe Davis on the other side facing me. And if I needed a wide receiver three, I would love to have him in my lineup, conversely. But Byron Pringle, coming off a two-touchdown, 20-fantasy-point day, Gets no love, no pickups, nobody talking about the guy. I don't see why he, yes, I get that, you know, we had no Travis Kelsey, that, you know, Tyree Kill was winded because of the COVID. I get all that. And and ultimately, are both those things potentially going to change this week? Absolutely. Kelsey will be back. And we don't know if Tyree Kill will be back in game shape, but you got to imagine he's feeling better. Still, even before that, Byron Pringle had clearly taken over McCole Hardman, playing over 90% of the snaps the week before, over 70% of them the week before that. So he was on the field for a lot. So he was the most logical guy to come in and then be that number one after being the one that was out there with all the other guys. 
I don't know that he just disappears into the background. And I already talked about how I think this game shoots out with uh, Joe Burrow on the other side. If it shoots out, I would not be shocked at all to see Byron Pringle find the end zone at least once, if not twice, uh, and have himself another top 20 wide receiver finish at only 3% rostered. If you're desperate, I think you can do a whole lot worse. But that is also a terrifying prospect to have something named Pringle in your lineup. Know, seriously. Seriously. Um, well, if you got to roll through the tight ends, I got to go tell my kid to move where she's dribbling the basketball. Um, I can hear it and I can see from the comments that I'm not the only one. I don't I'll know how I never hear it. I guess I'm just like, I don't know how you can't hear it either. It sounds like somebody like someone's using a jackhammer like right next to me. So, uh, all righty. I'm going to go talk time to time you're back. I'll be done with tight ends. I'm going to rip through these guys. All right. I'll be back in a minute. All righty. Tight ends for you folks. Let me pull up the uh, solo screen here. Gerald Everett is who I'm higher on. And I get a lot of questions on him at only 48% roster right now. Number 11 in my tight end rankings. I have him plus three ECR there. Uh, he has been a pretty solid just option. And now he gets Detroit, who's given up nearly 500 yards, 430 yards across their last five games, almost 100 yards per game, two tight ends these last few weeks. Gerald Everett, meanwhile, has seen over almost six per targets per game. He's gone 12, negative one. That was awful. 10, eight, and 15. So one just weak ruining negative points, like, Kills your lineup, but otherwise a very startable target. Six, eight, 14, and three across his last four games. That's not bad at all. Detroit matchup again, a smash spot for him. I really like Gerald Everett, who's been outplaying TK Metcalf. Insanity that I'm even saying that, but that is the truth. I would have him in my lineups with pretty high confidence. No offense, someone I'm lower on. He's ranked as a tight end one uh, by the ECR. I have him at tight end 15. Like the Chargers matchup could make this look like a, a foolish. Uh, lower here, giving give up the third most points to tight ends. But Fant's just been shit. Three, five, seven, eight, and five. One, eight was a top 12 tight end finish, but eight, that's all he got you. And that's the best game he's had in five weeks. He hasn't had double digit points since week six against the Raiders, where he had 20. He was a tight end one. That was awesome. And there is, I guess, that upside, but we have not seen it in quite some time. My Hail Mary, obviously, again, Gerald Everett was my number one higher of the week. He would be there. But if not, Cole Komet has been seeing very solid target shares these last few weeks. He hasn't seen fewer than five. He's got 11, seven, five, nine, and five. For a tight end, five targets is no joke. Uh, he's had over seven points in all but one of those games. So not horrendous if you're really desperate. But if you're like true Hail Mary, you want to go all the way, swinging for the fences. I think Brevin Jordan against San Fran, I mean, he had 50 yards on four catches last week. Not bad. He had two touchdowns in his three games before that. Not bad as, as well. He's been a top 12 tight end, actually. This is crazy. 12, 35, 6, and 14 uh, is his last finishes. So he's been a top 14 tight end in three of his last four games out there. That's really not bad for Brevin Jordan at 1% rostered against the San Fran team. That's not a good secondary. The last guy is Josiah DeGuerra against Minnesota. 0% rostered. But Mercedes Lewis is on the, uh, the COVID list right now for Green Bay. So in every down tight end role with the way Rodgers is cooking, as we talk about with like Cobb and MBS and Lazar, anybody's viable. Josiah DeGuar can find the end zone with Aaron Rodgers. It looks like my man is back. So I'll be pulling back in here. Oh, that's a solo lookout. There, that, that's what we're looking for. There we go. <laughs> and right. that is, that's what I got for my higher lower Hail Mary's wolf back. So that means we get on over to. Happy <laughs> New Year, all you guys, wolf pack. So appreciate you guys being here uh, Thursday. Man, I did not expect to get, you know, almost 200 questions on a Thursday without the game. Happy New Year to you, Robert. Hoping you get that championship. Absolutely. We'll be uh, live on Sunday to celebrate the New Year with you guys. So come on down Sunday at 11 a.m., folks. We'll get to all your questions again. 
We'll have a good time having a couple of beers for one of our last, the last real Sunday of fantasy football this year. I cannot believe we've already made it. Well, back. best of luck in your championships. I hope to see you Sunday, but if I don't, if you get all the points you need, I hope you bring home those titles, baby. And we'll see you on Sunday. Happy New Year, Wolfpack. And the world full of fans, sheep guys, be those wolves. Later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, oh, oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. Football right there, folks.